All right, welcome to Story Life. We are here. We are back. It's 2023. I'm excited. Clinton, tell us what this podcast is about. Yeah, this Story Life podcast. This is a podcast about the ups and downs of living a creative life through the eyes of two independent filmmakers, one being myself. My name is Clinton Cornwell, and I am here with my co-host. Alan C. Gardner. This is episode 14, folks, uh, which we recorded pretty recently. We're uh, mixing things up here, starting to release some new episodes here and there. We recorded this on December 27th, 2022, to be exact, right at the tail end of the year. So, yeah, we naturally kind of, you know, talk about the the year ahead, 2023, and our our hopes and goals and, and plans and on the creative front and all those wonderful things. So yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, and one of our goals for 2023 is continuing to build and grow our business that we have together. We work in creative consulting and coaching, artist support. And basically, if you have any sort of creativity you're struggling with or feel like you need some guidance, me and Alan are here to serve. So email us at wearestorylife at gmail.com if you'd like a free 30-minute consultation. Yeah, we'd love to chat with you. All right, on that note, let's let's get into it. Here we go. How are you? How was your holidays? Holidays were, were wonderful. Are you sick? You sound kind of sick. I'm a little sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, we've been in it, dude. We've been in and out of being sick for you know three months now. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> this is our first fall on the daycare slash preschool circuit. So I think that's definitely a part of it. And then also we've got, you know, relatives nearby who also have kids all in daycare preschool. So um, we're all just kind of, you know, just shifting through the various strains of of this, that, and the other. So I had like some congestion all of a sudden the last two days, but I didn't sound like this. And then as of like a couple hours ago, like very recently, I just started sounding like not awful, but like I'm definitely like a little like run, more run down now. So sorry, bud. Yeah, man. That's all good. I mean, no, I'm not going to, you know, it's just kind of like very matter of fact about it. Like, that's what's going on right now. And also, like, seriously, like, you know, it's been like September 28th is when we got COVID. And then from there, it's just been kind of like, you know, cycling through the different uh, whatever going on. Hand, foot, mouth, RSV, cold, what have you. So anyway. Stay away from me. I don't want to hug. <laughs> Fortunately, staying away from you has not been a problem for quite some time due to the circumstances. I haven't seen you in person (laughs) since we recorded episode one. Yeah, that's very weird. February February of 2020. Yep. You and I have been, you and I have been practicing extreme social distancing. Yes. We'll write that at some point. We'll write that ship at some point, but. We will. That's going to be crazy. It's going to be like, oh, (laughs) we're in person again. What do we do? This is different. But I think we'll manage just fine. Yeah. All right. So let me pull up. <laughs> How are you doing? How are your holidays? I did. I posted on social media, which is like the first social media post I made in forever. But I, f- I spent the time finishing up a script I'd been wor- the last drive in. I think I've mentioned it on the pod before. A horror script I've been that wor- writing for. That title is familiar. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. With a friend of mine, Matthew Barnett, who I went to Florida State with. He's a writer in L.A., works at Soapbox Films. Uh, we've been working on it for about a year, and I finished up the first draft last night. Nice. Or, yes, yesterday. Or, wait, was yesterday Christmas? Day before yesterday. On Christmas. I spent like an hour or two on Christmas finishing it up, and I'd spent the previous two days working on it. You know, I, I wrote about 25 pages or so. It felt good to get that that draft done. Nice. Uh, so we're both we both finished scripts recently. 
I was about to say, within less than a week of each other, we both finished a script. Both, a, both scripts a, a, we've been working on for like a long time. <laughs> yeah, mine was yeah, mine was almost 15 months, so just over a year, year and a quarter. We've both been working on for about a year, a little over a year, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's some good synchronicity. Yeah, I you, feel you, like you got, you got you got my email, right? Yes, I did. I did. I will cool. make space Just for that sure. at some point. I do not oh, want good. you to read this draft or anybody to read this draft. Uh, this was definitely for me the vomit draft, and I already know all the work that needs gotcha. to be done for the second draft. And me and my co-writer are very much in alignment for that. So this will not see cool. the light of day for anybody. <laughs> got it. You know, people can only read or see something for the first time once. So I'm yeah. very precious about being in a space where I really need notes and. I really need feedback before I show it to anybody because yeah. that feedback is so valuable and so limited. So I feel like, yeah, from for me, I get mine to the point where like like the draft I sent out, I'm very comfortable with people reading. Because I think about because like, we both have different. We've talked about this before, like you with edits as well. Like and for better or worse or whatever, somewhere in between or a little bit of both, whatever. Like I don't do vomit drafts. Like I do, and I probably sh- maybe I don't know if I should, but like it's just my process is different. Like and same with like edits too. Like I do very, I'm pretty meticulous. Like with each draft and with each cut and all this, that, and the other. So it takes me longer. We we all have our ways of going about things. So yeah, and I've just yeah, I've just back. learned for myself. Like I cannot you know look back. I cannot you know look back at yeah, all yeah. because like you know my co writer was like <laughs> complaining a little bit. He's like, hey, why didn't you reference back, read back, and see like there there's a reference to this to this, and I was like, I was like, no, I can't. Like I cannot like. Oh, I can't even read back in the script for the most part. I don't even like reading through the script that we've already wrote because I just need to, as much as possible, avoid that headspace of being like critical of myself and just like go with my instinct, go with my guts and write for whatever. Yeah. And that's like pros and cons because like if I had a, a worked out outline in front of me, I'm confident I could easily write, you know, 30, 40, 50 pages a day if I was setting out like the whole day for it, you know. But the downside of that is those 30, 40 50 pages or whatever immediately has to be like turned around and gone back through and like shorted up a lot of the little details and errors being fixed and just there's a lot more work to do in the revision but I guess philosophically I believe that so much of the writing process is revisions anyway so I'm not scared of that I guess yeah I mean it's just you know it's about you know there's no one way to go about it and so basically I finished a draft of it and then for a few days I went back through it and made revisions and I love I love that pass I love that kind of like that second immediate pass so much because it's like the script is like there it exists and then when I go back through like for one thing like pretty much every time without fail like at least like I would say about like one tenth of the script like the fat falls off the bone you know what I mean yeah and it's such like a pleasure going there and like seeing like oh let me take this out oh let me take this out like it's always like my like my initial draft was 120 pages and then when I went through my first pass I was like yep this is kind of what I figured 11 pages just kind of came right off <laughs> it's just so like I don't know it's, I, I love that initial like going through it because the script is there and I'm making little tweaks and adjustments and like again like watching some of the fat fall away yeah anyway it's a really pleasurable period of writing for me tends to be at least is that initial uh, second pass. So cool. And then from there, like now, like, you know, I'm ready for, you know, taking notes from you and some other, you know, carefully selected folks. And then um, taking the notes, give a little, you know, distance and perspective, you know, and then come back to it. Just for my edification here, how quickly are you looking to do another draft? How quickly should I move my reading of the script up the priority list? So I gave it to more people than I usually do for notes because I kind of have a different as far as like what I'm looking to do with it, like a different goal, which, you know, basically getting it sold option, getting an agent from it, 
manager or manager, what have you, one or all of those, th- whatever, you know, some combination thereof. And like certain people to like a different sense. I kind of like picked like a nice like cross section of people too for like some different, all people I obviously I trust and whose opinions I respect, but also like, you know, some different sensibilities. Some people who are like more into genre, like you being one of those and some people who are less into genre, you know, like yeah. horror. So anyway, that being said, like, I don't want anyone to feel any pressure to like, obviously like get me notes by a certain time. I mean, I'd love to like, I mean, basically at some point in January, I want to be revising it but i have you know it's kind of like when i give it to people you can't really have too much expectation as far as like well i need it by this time so it's kind of like okay i'm working on other things now and then when i get when the feedback comes in like i'll you know take it into account as it comes in and try to like dive back into another draft it's just at some point yeah in january so yeah good to know so that's the thing too like if, if you if i don't hear back from like a few people on it too it's like all good like as long as i get notes from some people like when they can and that's part of the reason too i wanted to get it out the door before the holidays uh just because i'm like oh well, maybe this week would be like prime time for certain people at least to to read it well please don't be afraid to like nudge me because like it's definitely something that i want to do but also it's like no i appreciate giving notes it. for certainly- somebody is also the kind yeah. of thing that it's very easy to move down the priority list, especially if like totally. I mean, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how you feel at this point, but I feel like if I don't have the energy initially for something that somebody sends me, you know, if I don't read it in that initial week or two, and then honestly, if they don't bug me about it, if they don't follow up about it, I just sort of like, well, I guess they didn't need the notes that badly, <laughs> and so, and then I kind of right. like, I kind of like set it aside, and if inspiration hits me and I'm, I'm able to read it or I feel like I have the time to read it, I'll circle back around to it, but then I also kind of just put it away and sort of say, if I don't, I don't, and obviously they don't need it that much if they're not following up with me, but... Maybe that's a bit self-serving. When I give the script to people for notes, it's like an option. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's this is not like Please an obligation me. on anyone's part. I am okay, obligated. <laughs> Please bug me. So that's We're good to, know, that's good to know with you. Well, yeah, you're doing a podcast. And it's different, too. It's like a different situation where it's like, you know, since I've, I've, I've you know, given some notes for you before. Yes. And that's the thing. It depends on the situation, too, like, and the relationship with the person. It's kind of like if you've given the notes for that person before, then... They might feel more inclined. Uh, you know what I'm saying? More quote unquote obligated or whatever. Well, term. and but I'm really just giving you. Like I'm that. giving you the golden tech ticket here. You can bug me as much as is needed. I'm never going to be annoyed well, appreci- or, or like be frustrated or have any bad feels about that. It'll just be a nice reminder <laughs> that you want me to read the script and will motivate me to do so. But I hope to read it sooner rather than later. I know, but I guess my mindset is like, cool. Like, I got to this point where I'm like really happy with it and like ready for people to read it. And that's a very exciting point to be at. So it's kind of like, all right, like people, like I've done that part, you know what I'm saying? Now I can just like, as far as that project goes, waiting for the notes to come in and kind of go from there. So I'm not feeling like super anxious about it. I'm more just like excited to like, you know, like I was telling Chelsea the other day, it's like, it's cool. Like it'll be interesting to find the things that like are unanimous or almost unanimous as far as like the positive aspects and the negative aspects. You know what I mean? And it's always going to be interesting things too. when like, things that people are more split on, you know what I'm saying? Then it really becomes like a gut check kind of like, okay, like what, like half the people roughly or whatever are saying this part doesn't work, but the other half are saying that it does, you know what I'm saying? So I think with every part there are, you run into those things, but so anyway, I'm really excited just to see what people say, the good and the bad of it. And to kind of like dig back into it with all that information, all those opinions at my disposal. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I don't foresee based on this conversation, especially I don't foresee needing to bug you about it. Cause I feel like you'll, <laughs> You'll probably get on it. Yeah. Summing this up for the holidays for me, I would have liked to celebrate the holidays in a more traditional way, but traveling, seeing family, these sorts of things, they have costs. And I felt it right for my goals and my aims and stuff like that to 
stay home, stay in Nashville and, and use the energy and the resources I would have spent traveling to focus on my art and creativity and hopefully create more of a platform for myself going forward to be even more creative, which is like what yeah. you have to do. You know, you have to you have to choose your art and your creativity over other things again and again. And sometimes that trade off is painful. I never choose it over anything. It's more just like f- making sure I find the times to do it. It's the same kind of thing. Like, you know, I allow and, and you know, create those windows of time to to work on those things as necessary, for sure. You have to basically you have to figure out a way to make it happen one way or another. And and yeah, I think I've, I've been in those situations, too, in the past. Yes, I, I, I hear you on, on all fronts. And I'm glad that you're making the time and that you are choosing and making the time because Again, when it's in a situation like that you're in right now, too, it's a different it's a different beast in some respects. Yeah. One thing I did do to celebrate the holiday, though, is I went and I saw uh, back to back. I saw Babylon and the Fablemans, which was a great filmmaking centric uh, duo. Yeah. Two great. I haven't seen Babylon. I saw the Fablemans opening day. In the theaters, and I loved it. Well, and that kind of that kind of dovetails with this conversation because I feel like the Fablemans a lot is about how you have to make choices in life, and your choices are going to come with trade offs, and you can't do everything. And yeah, and you got to make those choices for yourself. Because for me, and I know I'm like a broken record at this point, but obviously with me, it's like okay, now I've got kids, now I'm married. Like for me, it's like my family is first and foremost, like across the board. Period, no exceptions. And then within that, and knowing that, then it's kind of like okay, as we talked about before too, it's like okay, what do I need to do in order to be the best father and husband that I can be, right? And part of that is creating part of that is being a storyteller and staying true to that part of myself. You know what I mean? Yes. And so you figure out the things that are actually, you figure out the things in, in your life that are actually contributing to, and that are po- a positive, you know, a positive contribution to your family and to your friends, to the world around you and all those things. So it's all kind of like tied in obviously. So yeah. So I find that there's discussion of those kind of things, just like in person through conversations and, and then, you know, through art, through film, like the Fablemans, very fascinating. And even like, you know, Spielberg has talked about him as a filmmaker over the years and like the way he made close encounters and what happens in that movie, how he wouldn't do that now. He didn't have kids then. Right. So when he was writing about a father and the choices that father makes, you know, for the sake of exploration, he would have done it differently had he had kids at that time. Right. Yeah. So as he goes through, and then he got to certain points in his career too, he's like, I need to be with my kids more. So he slowed down, like directing a little. And obviously, he's incredibly prolific. But even like you know, it's cool to, like to hear him talking about and to see through his films too, like him finding the balance because he's innately such a storyteller as well and such a you know obviously born filmmaker. He you know it's cool like finding seeing someone like that like you know striving through their work and through the conversations they have in interviews and whatnot, talking about how they are trying to find the balance too. And those times in your life where it's like, oh, you got to make your art, you got to you know fulfill that part of yourself. But at the same time, it's like you know you got to make sure that you're present for your kids and for your your partner and for the people in your life as well so anyway yeah all i mean again this is stuff you can explore and that you 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 strive to figure out quote unquote throughout your life and as you should because this is big shit this is important (laughs) this is important shit what we're talking about here well it's not it there's no one direct answer there's some ethereal absolute middle ground moderate that's like right for everybody in terms of you know, at the core, yeah. it's the balance of self and taking care of oneself and pursuing what is important to oneself, but also one's contributions to 
the world, to their community, to their family, to other people, you know, and everybody struggles constantly with striking that balance. And there's no there's no one way to do it. A hundred percent. Um, so I just think, have you seen the Banshees of Inisherin yet? I did see that. Yes. I mean, that explores a lot of the same thing, too. Yeah, I didn't like it as much. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's my favorite movie of the year. Really? Uh, I just I it didn't hit movie. for yeah. me. I don't know. I, I you yeah, know, I like that filmmaker a lot and it didn't I found it I found it a bit too nihilistic for my taste. Interesting. See, I didn't have that experience with it. But that's kind of the beauty of of art and stories. Cuz for me like everything I'm of the I'm of the mind that like everything matters and everything has meaning and like all everything fucking matters is kind of my my one of my mantras so anyway um <laughs> but yeah, i just found it a, a fascinating film but yeah but again that that film explores a lot of the same thing like this guy who you know and no banshees of sharing spoilers here but it's the very beginning of the movie but someone who decides to like instead of like nurturing his relationship with a friend decides to just like dive in you know head first to his art and just cut the friend out interesting fascinating tough stuff but yeah but i've also i'm also and you know this about me i mean you can imagine this about me more you know more accurate um, I always bristled at any time anyone's told me like, oh, well, you can't have it all or like you can't like blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, <laughs> I, I just always hated that, like that notion. I'm like, I ultimately like I kind of knew it's like, I, you know, if I was lucky enough to have a family and to get married and have kids. And also like I want, you know, I would, I would keep telling my stories. I would keep making things happen. Like because I've seen too many people too like do the other where it's like, well, I guess I get, you know, I'm going to get married and have a family. So I got to stop doing these other things that fulfill me or whatnot. And it's always been to the always been to their detriment. Yeah. Um, and all that shit comes out. And we've talked about this before, for sure. But all that shit comes out in unhealthy ways on the kids. Yeah. And so it's just bad news all around. Or people with the opposite. End, where they, like, I'm just going to 100% focus on my my craft and all these things. And like, you know, to the detriment of their relationships. And that's, you know, that's bad news, too. So, again, finding the balance mm-hmm. and figuring out, like, what's contributing to your life? What's contributing to your art? And you know what I mean? For me, it's always been, like, relationships first and foremost. So that's kind of like a no-brainer. And, like, as long as those relationships are ones that are contributing to your well-being and to your life as well, and it's reciprocal, you know what I'm saying, and you're contributing to theirs. But, yeah, man, again, that's a lifelong journey kind of thing, figuring all that out, striking that balance. So... I, I mean, we're, we're, we're largely in agreement. I don't like the idea that anybody can have it all. That feels like a lot of pressure to put on somebody. And then somebody's like, I don't have it all. Well, what's it's wrong, all, what's it's wrong all with phrasing. me? But I will say, I will it's say, all, yeah. like, I think most people's problems is not that they're choosing trade-offs. It's that they're just not, they're not like figuring out how to put the work into what they want consistently on a day-to-day basis. They're not figuring out how to cultivate discipline for themselves to give up certain things for themselves so they can achieve the things that they want, you know. But I do also think like much of life is trade-offs and it's not to say that oh, you can only be this or that, you know, you have you you can't have it all, but more just to say like you know, oftentimes when you're making your choices, there are trade-offs there. And I think it's better to be conscious about that and than it is to sort of act like it doesn't exist. We're we're but we're largely I mean, we're largely we're pretty much in agreement with all this. What we're we're getting into semantics. It depends on how you look at like I don't look at things as like yeah, trade I like the word trade-offs much better than something like sacrifice or whatnot. It's more just like the reality of like, you know, because all life is just it's one choice after another. Yeah. And so for me, the whole thing is like being aware of your, the choices you're making, being accountable for those choices and making sure that they are choices that you can be proud of and that they are choices that, you know, that, yeah, that you can probably stand behind and that you know your reasons for why you made them and that they were the quote unquote right reasons for you. I wasn't saying that like anybody can have it. I just, I don't like when people are limiting, like, well, you can't, when sure. people say you can't have it all, that's a diff- very different thing. Um, it's not about putting pressure on people. It's more just like, 
why are you telling me that like I can't do this and that? Like I don't like if we're talking about two things, two things that mean a lot to me that I have a lot of conviction about. Why can't I pursue both of those things and just find the balance? Yes. So I've just always bristled about bristled about people who like try to like impose limitations on me or anyone else. And it's usually those are the people who impose limitations upon themselves or other people did that shit to them and they bought into it. And now they're bitter because of it. And they want to make you bitter, too. And it's a pretty widespread thing. This culture of people who try to drag others down to get on their level because they don't want to be there alone, ultimately. And because they don't want to see other people like some people who don't want to see other people, you know, flourish or shine or whatnot, or just be happy and fulfilled because they aren't. You know what I'm saying? Some people just don't want to see other people happy because then it makes them try to understand, like, well, why can't I be that happy or whatnot? And it's just some people don't want that. Some people don't want to be accountable. It all goes back to, like, accountable for their own choices is what we're talking about here. Acknowledging that you are the one who's ultimately making the choices in your life and you can't you shouldn't relinquish that power to anyone else who's, like, trying to make those choices for you. Yeah, it's all about choices. So be responsible for your own choices and don't don't blame other people for your choices as well. Because totally. it's ultimately on you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I think we're on the same. Is that clear? I mean, is that cleared up a little bit more? Or are we? You know, I think we're. I think we're aligned. <laughs> no, we're. I think we're, we're aligned. I, I I feel like you were worried you're being misperceived, which is not. I don't. You know. Uh, it's it's not even so much. I just yeah misperceived, but also like I'm just trying to be clear because I heard the way you phrased something. You kind of like it's kind of interesting thing too. Or like and maybe I'm being too hyper analytical, but it's like I say something that I hear you say it back to me, but when you change little things, yes, it kind of changes the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? No. So and I'm not, I'm not sure trying to be hyper being clear. I'm not trying to be hypercritical of your language. I'm just trying to be conscious of the fact that hopefully we have people listening to this. And, you know, I just want to guard against putting things in certain ways and, and how those might be perceived by audience members. That's all. And and not that Look, I, not that I'm like condemning think, or against or anything that you were saying. We don't I'm not saying we have to be on the same page about that. And that's part of the beauty of this podcast and of our relationship. Like you and I are aligned in so many ways, but not entirely like well, Obviously, we each have our own unique perspective. And in broad strokes, like I'm a hyper optimist. And how would you identify yourself in that realm? The pessimist, realist, optimist uh, spectrum. Where are you at, you think? You know, I think overall, I try and seek truth. And, and thus, like, you know, I'm a pragmatist or real, realist, you know, because okay. I want to yeah, have yeah. an accurate sense of a situation and, and assess it for what sure. it is. I work to be optimistic. I think in a lot of ways, I am more optimistic. But I also have to acknowledge that. I do kind of have a pessimistic streak at times. Okay. And that's something I'm trying to like, you know, be conscious about yeah. and overcome. In our modern world where we do not deal with the dangers of potential death every single day of our lives, such as the our caveman ancestors did, I don't think that pessimism is really useful at all. Oh, I, I think it's totally useless. I think it doesn't help anyone. But I also think every day people are, you know, fighting against, I mean, to varying degrees, like fighting against it in one way or another. But I understand, I understand where it comes from because that comes from our animal brain where if like in the past, you know, when you're living out in the forest or the jungle or something like that, if you did make one misstep, you would die. And so then it made more sense to be more pessimistic. But in our modern world, we have so many safeguards mm-hmm. against certain death <laughs> that that I think that function of our brain is one that we need to sort of overcome and, and evolve past. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And for what it's worth, too, I don't consider you a pessimist at all. And I honestly don't think we would have this podcast if <laughs> this way, if, if I thought you were like, you you know, I, I think you're a realist who skews opti- <laughs> optimistic for sure. 
Well, so, I think the pe- the pessimistic yeah. part of me is that, like, I like to, being a realist, I like to reckon with when a situation might be going south and might be sure. coming to an end or whatever, and then prepare myself accordingly so that I am I'm sure. most prepared for it. However, sometimes that mindset comes out in, like, group dynamics from me, and it's not particularly useful there. That's, I see. That's the, that's the part of it that I try to guard against. I, I think I follow. Because, yeah, because when you know in a situation where something's, like, going south, that's, like, a different... That's just being, like, aware, you know? Aware yeah. of, of the, rea- the reality of things. Of it's, like, the kind of thing where it's, like, you're running late to a thing, and, and I'm just sort of, like, well, we're probably not going to make it. Which is, like, maybe a true thing in that situation, but also isn't uh-huh. oftentimes is not a helpful thing to mm. voice in the moment. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's a good example. Yeah, I'm very much like the like, okay, well I know it looks bad, but like we gotta we gotta plow ahead and like hope for the best and like keep it going. So Alan, now let's get into what was intended to be our main topic of the day, but you know, we just had such a fun conversation leading up to this. Sure. But what are your New Year's resolutions? What kind of goals do you have for twenty twenty three? What kind of things are you thinking to change up or that you'd like to achieve or however you wanna take it? Okay. Well, obviously, the big event is our daughter will be born. Yay! Late April, or early May, Smither. What's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying. I was saying, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> At first, and I realized it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think like, no, no, no. That's not that we've already talked about that. We don't. <laughs> so that's obviously going on in terms of my like specific creative goals. I want to get things moving more on the writing front, uh, business wise. Like in terms of. Like I was talking about finding an agent and or manager on the literary side and getting that script, my new script, sold or optioned. That's a huge goal for next year. I want to write another script. I pretty much know which I I know. So I've got another script lined up and I've got a book lined up. And I think I'm going to go back into the script first, which I might also write as a play because it's a pretty self-contained one set, a few characters thing. So I might, I'll probably write it as a movie first and then do it as a play. Basically, I'll write as a movie first and see if through writing as a movie, if I feel like it could also work as a play, Mm. which at this point I feel like it could. Anyway, so that's another one. Okay, so get my newest script, which I have a few title options for, but I didn't put any of them on the script because one of the things like, spoiler alert, like when you let me know, (laughs) when you let me know that you've read it, I've already got some questions worked up I'm going to send. And one of the questions is I laid out a few title options. Yeah. Because I kind of want people to read the script without knowing any kind of title for it and then look at these options after and then see what which one they feel like clicks best with it. Anyway, so that script. So the horror script, get that out there on the market, as it were. The other script was like a thriller. Uh, Get that written. So before our daughter is born, I have to get Baby Come Home finally done, or at least picture locked. The next draft of Breaker Breaker has to happen. We have to get all the music written and get rehearsals going on that in 2023. So that's a big one, too. And then obviously, you know, with our enterprise, as it were, keeping this going and building that a little bit more, at least, like steadily over the course of the year and getting my podcast with Gilliam launched as well, which is ties into Breaker Breaker. And then, yeah, besides that, you know, just more marketing for the movies that are already out there. Those are the main specific, like, creative goals for 2023. And then 2024, I definitely want to 
not to jump ahead to another year, but it kind of ties, it kind of cap off what I was just saying. 2024, I definitely want to get Breaker Breaker on its feet. And I also want to shoot a new movie, to direct a new movie at some point, that you, whether it's break, the Breaker Breaker movie, which we definitely will make that or something else. Like I'm looking forward to getting back into also, uh, yeah, the production side of things too with my films. But yeah. Was there any thought process behind your list or the, why you chose the things that you did in terms of being realistic about goals or setting a certain types of goals? Totally. I mean, I mean, a lot of it has to do with like, okay, like, you know, thinking big picture with everything and thinking about, you know, the things that I like that I want to work on right now and also thinking about big picture and just kind of like building towards like on each pro- each individual project, kind of like, you know building towards its fruition, as it were, and reaching a point where it can be shared with people, whether that's as a play or as a movie or as a script that I, you know, sell or whatnot, which then would eventually and hopefully become a movie. But just kind of trying to keep all that in mind and also getting more of a foothold, quote unquote, industry wise. Like I haven't done much of like sending a spec script out into the world yeah, and trying to get a rep with it and trying to get sold. I really have, I did a very, very little bit like 16 years ago with one script, but then that quickly became another script that my partners and I were planning on making ourselves. Yeah. This was the first script where it was like very like clear with myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to write this script as if I would like, you know, any of my other scripts, but knowing that like, like in terms of like it being very personal, it's just something I really want and need to write, but I have to like get it out there and sell it. You know, I've written so many scripts at this point and the fact that I haven't really done that yet. It's like, okay, because for good reasons, like I love making our own movies. Right. But the thing is, that will continue. I'm going to keep doing that. And if I can get more of a foothold, get some more, you know, resources or financing or exposure or any variety of the combination of those things by selling this script. And then that would help facilitate the other projects. You know what I mean? And with this horror script, too, it's like I can see it as like I kind of have ideas for a trilogy in my, you know, when I just like think about it, like, you know. But I'm like, oh, what I would love, like the ideal situation for it or some version of the ideal situation for it, you know, would be to like, okay, like sell it for, you know, a solid amount to the right people, as it were, like to a great company, filmmaker, what have you. And obviously, hopefully have that all work out really well. And then within like the contract for that, like try to have it where like I like because I I would want to do one of the follow ups. Like I would love to direct either the second or third chapter with with Brad, my buddy Brad. I think we'd have a lot of fun on that together. So that's kind of the idea is kind of like get this script to a place where you can get out there, get some sort of like audience following, what have you, that would then facilitate my other projects and also potentially pave the way for me to be able to, alongside Brad, direct one of the follow up installments. That's yeah, that's a lot what's going on there. And then Breaker Breaker, as you know, I mean, that's all very like, you know, that's been a long term project that's just been like building gradually over the years. And I'm just trying to get that set up so, you know, I can't wait to finally get that on stage. And then once it's on stage, then a few months after that to make the movie version of it. So yeah, with the other script, the thriller script I was talking about, it's just an idea that I had like a year and a half, like almost two years ago. And I started working on it quite a bit. And then I realized I needed to shift over to the horror script for a while. And now that that's in a good place, like then I can come back to this one. And it's just another one that I really, this, and this one is one that we could definitely make with a super low budget. So I could either like, I could also like take that out into the market and either try to, you know, get an agent with that or manager with that or get it optioned or try to get some interest for financing for that. Cause basically the horror script is going to need like quite a bit of money to make happen. So, but this thriller script, you know, it could go either way. It's more like if someone wants to option it or buy it, whatever, and produce it cool. If it's the right situation, that's a bit, you know, that's beneficial to the big picture as it were. Yeah. Or get financing for it and we make it ourselves. So there's that there. Cause I definitely want to have another one like in the pipeline too, that, we could conceivably make ourselves without like a crazy amount of financing. 
And then with the book, it's another situation where it's like, I've always wanted to write a book and to kind of like experience just like writing that without worrying at all about budget. <laughs> or like you know basically yeah, having it just be, be able to like do whatever this, you want do whatever i want and this is the finished product essentially you know what i mean this is a book that now people can read and experience as a book the way you know what i'm saying like it doesn't have to it doesn't have to go through another phase of all these other people becoming involved basically but that being said i would of course <laughs> you know love it to either become a miniseries or like a trilogy of films depending on what i feel like is best you know yeah you know what winds up being the best situation for it it's kind of like a young adult slash adult like young adult slash adult that sounds funny it's kind of like a young adult book i guess in a way like mm-hmm. yeah like i want it to like the the central characters you know 13 and then and his older brother is 15 so i'm definitely writing a book that like when i came up with the idea a while back it's like okay i want to write something that that my kids could read and that you know that age because i'm thinking obviously more in that with that mindset too of like being a kid and where my kids are gonna you know how they're feeling about everything right now and then what you know what they might be feeling about things in a few years and kind of writing something to that you know what i mean anyway i have another book that's kind of like a long that, that one's more of like the uh young um wow i'm really just going uh, <laughs> <laughs> i have another book idea that's kind of like a young adult slash adult book that makes more sense and then a mini series idea too that i'm working on cool yeah man good stuff (laughs) there's a lot of like yeah it's all been it's all been thought through quite a thought through and overthought through uh quite a bit but it all comes down to like these are all things that i'm super excited about and i feel like uh, i need to do right now so yeah or like like right now slash as soon as possible yeah what about you I kind of put my things into categories in terms of like, I definitely need to have achieved this. And if I didn't achieve this, then, you know, we need to take a look at why that didn't happen. And the other category is like more aspirational, like, hey, this is what I'd like to achieve. If I don't, I can understand why. But I also think it's it's realistic to, to be able to achieve this. So that's that's smart. I like that. Starting with category one of the things that are my goals and I should almost certainly be able to, to achieve. And and if I don't, we need to take a look at this, which we can reference this when we do this pod again next year, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I would like to finish all my films in post-production, which is currently stands at four horror short films and a horror feature film. Those projects are Web Driver Torso, which was completed production in 2016. JPB, which is my horror feature, which completed production in at the end of 2020. The Haunted short film, which completed production at the beginning of 2020. Killer in a Small Town, which was another horror short film I did at the beginning of this year, 2022. And Birdsong, which is another horror short that I did at the beginning of this year. So I would like to have all of those films completely finished by the end of 2023. And if that doesn't happen, really need to look at why. Also have the last drive-in script the one that i just finished in like a really good showable place like if somebody wanted to look at it i would be comfortable sending it out and lastly i would like to go into production for another film of some sort i would like that to be a feature film because i've been talking to a friend of mine nick van devender he's been wanting to maybe do some really small feature films and pull that together through my school at tennessee state university i'm doing a feature film development class and in theory i could shoot a feature film through that i've been also Mm, developing another you know smallish script to shoot with another friend of mine mike Michael Tennant me and have been working together on that you know that could be possibly shootable or something else or if enough feature film doesn't come together I'd like to have at least directed a new short film in 2023 
if that stuff doesn't happen, we really got we gotta have a conversation. More <laughs> aspirationally, this this one's a little bit outside the box, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and put my money where my mouth is because I'm I'm very like pro films, and I also question the value of other types of narrative media, especially television. In 2023, I would like to watch 300 films. Oh yeah. And I want to knock off a lot of kind of like what I feel like are gaps in my experience. So I'd like to go through a lot of directors' entire filmographies, especially like foreign or older directors that I haven't seen as many of their films like Tarkovsky and Kurosawa and uh, those are the two that come to m- top of my mind, but also finish the, the filmographies of people like Spielberg and Scorsese and Claire Denise is, is an, or Denae, I don't uh, she, that's mm-hmm. another filmmaker. I want to set aside ingesting pretty much all other types of media recreationally. So that means no TV shows for like the whole year, um, <laughs> less like YouTube you- content and... and, and uh-huh. Less sports. Um, I don't know if I can completely cut out sports, but like I'd like to turn it way down the amount that I'm watching and and reallocate uh-huh. that time to watching cinema films. And I say recreationally because yeah. some you know maybe there's still pr- things I got to watch for research or for whatever work purposes or whatever. But sure. Cutting out all the non movie stuff and watching a lot more movies. Three hundred, and I want to doc. I want to document that what three hundred I watch. Second aspirational goal is I would like to block out at least three hours a week for writing, which doesn't sound like a big okay. number, but it is, I think, when you're living a busy life, dedicating that kind of time. <sighs> it can be, yeah. Can. Like making a point of doing, yeah, yeah, Because I was listening to you, I was listening to the Just Shoot It podcast recently, uh-huh. and they just talked about how, you know, writing is like kind of a muscle, and like you got it, the more you work out that mm-hmm. muscle, the better you get at it and stuff, so... I want to keep that muscle in shape, you know, and keep moving forward on all the all the writing that I want to do. And I think, you know, like like you were talking about, writing a novel is starting to sound more and more appealing uh, as I get yeah. more into writing. But I need to work on my writing muscles a lot more before I can get to that space. And this is a little more froofy, but like I want to kind of like, like do a project that is that is more purely my voice. I feel like I have not fully uncovered my voice as a creative person because I feel like I've like been aiming a lot of my art at what other people's expectations of of what art is and not fully exploring my purest self and uh-huh. I'd like to dive into that a bit more and and at least produce a script or a short film or something creative that as much as I can ignore what's out there and just go purely into me and what appeals to me. I know that's kind of that's kind of vague, but I feel like I've got more stones to overturn myself creatively. I totally, yeah, man, I'm all for that for sure. I think I come from a place of like wanting to achieve, to like uh, impress my parents or impress my peers, make have the world think better of me, get good grades, uh-huh. these sorts of things. And I think that my filmmaking has been centered around that stuff in some way, shape, or form. I haven't necessarily done what was most artistically interesting to me. I have done what I thought was like feasible or what the world wanted to see. And so I am curious to kind of dive more into myself and explore like what, taking away the expectations of the broader world, what do I want to create? Yeah. And, 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 and teasing at that. And then my last aspirational thing is I would like to direct two feature films this year. That's like the high level. That's the oh. high level goal. One through Tennessee State University and one more through some other way. I'd like to direct two feature films. Oh, wow. Okay. All 
right. But that's a lot with everything I got else I got going on. It's probably not going to happen. Well, no, but I also I, think there's a I world that, you, that it could happen. Yeah, totally. And I love that you had to divide, divide into categories, too. I think that's really smart. For me, it's like I know that like like everything I like I laid out like okay I know what like what has to happen and so it's like okay and you know I know I have to get those things like I kind of like I have tiers of it in my own mind too and also certain more specific deadlines for some of it than other things just based on the prioritizing of the things and like just like what needs to get done next essentially but it's always good to have like a surplus of goals as it were yeah uh, to have like extra things to like you know i call it my never-ending to-do list which i've had you know running since i was a teenager and i love that like i love like i never don't have a variety of things that i need to do i just think it's smart to have it in tiers like that yeah it's good to have something to shoot for but also like yeah like fucking 300 movie watching 300 movies that's that's a lot that's a lot directing two feature films that's a lot it'd be good to have a conversation with myself at the end of the year of like hey i wanted to do these things and maybe this is why it wasn't possible or these are the lucky breaks that i got that made it possible and then some some stuff just rolls over into the to the next year too i mean depending on like if it's something that you really want to get done for the podcast i have goals too actually i would like us to have in 2023 at least 12 guests okay one a month i like that and i like that i would also like us each to get two new clients. I like that. At a minimum, yeah, two new I, clients. I, I I'd love to keep uh yeah to keep things growing with our ventures as well for sure. And I I definitely see that happening. So oh random random side. I just heard from I I'm curious to see what happens here. But I heard from which I guess is a thing now. Podcasting agents, podcasting agency, something. This podcasting agent who heard me on making movies is hard and wants to like rep me to be a guest on other podcasts. Which I don't know <laughs> what's going to happen with that, but uh, that's cool. Have an interview in a couple of weeks, so we shall see. I mean, that's that's nice. I think you know. I think a good way for us to grow this podcast will be t- for us to guest on other podcasts or yeah, other podcasts to be guests on here. That's what made me think about that too. It's like okay, like I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Like it sounds cool, but we'll you know we'll see what what exactly happens. But if that does pan out in the way that this person pitching me on, at least. Uh, I mean, anything that allows for, like, exposure for the work that we do and then for our podcast and for our business. Like, you know what I mean? It all ties in. So if yeah. able to be a guest on other podcasts, like, you know, hey, that's better. for if you, And if you're able to, like, you know, go you know, like do your speaker, your, your guest speaker business at uh, South by Southwest. Is that still happening? Things like that? Yeah. I need to I need to print materials, make sure we got plenty of stuff printed up to rep the pod during that stuff, for sure. All these things, and that's the beauty, too. Like, all these things, other things that we do will also allow us to help shine a light on this. Because now that this is a thing that can be shared, as opposed to even just like a few months ago, this wasn't a thing that could be shared yet. You know what I'm saying? This is a yeah. thing I was like, oh, I'm going to launch that soon. And now... Uh, it's like, oh, when I, whenever I go do something else, I can steer people towards this well, as well. Let so, me just say yeah. oh, one thing that's super important to me with this podcast and with our conversation. We want to grow it. Mm-hmm. We have goals. We are both ambitious people, right? I don't want this to mm-hmm. ever become a burden for either of us such that it would make totally. one of us want to yeah. stop doing it. So if we're totally. ever starting to I'm, I'm with you. feel that. I'd rather us like pull everything back to just us having conversations again, yeah, if needed, to maintain that rather than keeping on all these expectations and it becoming too much such that one of us wants wants to quit, you know. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, again, this should be something that we feel is like is a positive contribution for us and for the audience and for, you know, that we're, you know, that we should keep doing that we want to keep doing that we need to keep doing. So, no, I'm, I'm 100 percent with you. Well, and, yeah, and even just managing the expectations another. of what the workload is, if it ever becomes too much for either one of us, you know, I'd rather just like pull yeah. it back to like, hey, OK, no expectations. You don't have to do anything like that or, you know, and I certainly yeah. wouldn't want wouldn't want any resentment to build or anything like that. So, like. You know, maybe maybe there comes a time in the future where it's like, okay, we're too busy and we just don't have time to do anything more than record and put the episode out, and I, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Well, figure. It. I, I think I think no, that's, that's good to hear. But also, I mean, that's you know, that's a good check in. Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm. I only want it to be something that we are excited to continue doing and and are glad to continue doing, as opposed to like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, gotta do this again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. Oh, yeah. One real quick question. Mm -hmm. So with the last drive-in, outside of writing the script, do you have a specific goal that like what you want to do next with it? Or are you open to a variety of things? Uh, I'm open to a variety of things. I think it's similar to your horror script in that, you know, it requires a budget. So I'd be I'd be just happy to sell it probably if that opportunity came about, because I'd imagine that even at at its lowest level, it would still cost two or three hundred grand. And I don't have a lot of confidence in my being able to raise that. Uh And, you know, also there's my co-writer. He is a writer, purely a writer. So if the opportunity came about for us to be able to sell it, that would be more valuable to him career-wise than it would be to me, but I would never want to hold us back from that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to selling it. I'm open to making it. I'm open to s- selling and attaching myself to it, you know, whatever yeah. whatever yeah. comes cool. from it. You know, it's also, it's, a, it's kind of a little bit of a love letter to the horror community. And so it has some very specific referential horror elements and, and potential horror-themed casts. But... It's also the kind of thing where it's like, if you took all that out, I think it would still be really good. So I'm very flexible. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Alan. We'll talk more soon. Um, work on <laughs> yeah, getting thank cap. you. If I, don't, I don't, if I don't talk to you, happy new year. Uh, happy new year, man. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, again, very grateful for, for you and for this and uh, very excited for our, our 2023 ahead, both with our individual endeavors. And then with uh, this uh, joint effort, this joint venture of ours as well. So, yeah, which is, again, part of the intrinsic beauty of this podcast is that it allows us to, you know, to have a great, you know, soundboard with someone that we trust and respect for, you know, talking about our individual (laughs) efforts and endeavors. So, yeah, definitely. Thanks for everything, man. Happy New Year. I'm excited. I'll say that. That's my closing statement. Me too. Love you, Alan. (laughs) Take care. Happy New Year. We'll talk again soon. All right. Love you too, Clinton. Have a good one, buddy. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, that about wraps us up for episode 14. Thanks for checking it out. All right, we'll talk to you again this time next year and see how all these goals turned out and see how much we failed or succeeded. You can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com. Also, please check out our website, wearestorylife.com, where you'll find more information about us and what we do as coaches and consultants for fellow artists, as well as links to our Patreon and social media pages. If you'd like to connect with me, uh, whether it be... You know, making comments, questions, suggestions for the podcast. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Clinton Cornwell. Same. So you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner. That's A L L E N C G A R D N E R. 
and on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. Also, Cold Feet is currently available on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. And my other movies are available on several platforms, including Being Awesome, Save Yourself, and Act One on Tubi. And We Got Lucky and Bad Bad Man on Amazon. Also, uh, Being Awesome is now on Vudu as well and the Roku channel. So you can check that out there. Thanks to the... What's not, not, thank you to our no, I need a good word for see, you know, thank you to our indescribable, like, I just, I'm mm. running out of great, amazing words and things to say about my, like, no words can describe how <laughs> important Mr. Mikey Man is our editor is to this podcast. Please donate to our Patreon so we could basically just give that money straight to Mike because he deserves it. Uh, and thank you to our friends and family for all their love and support. That was beautiful. And I, I second and third, in fact, all of that. Thank you all. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, friends. Thank you, family. Folks, we have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. Yeah, this has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. With Story Life, a podcast about filmmaking and being creative. We did it! Yay! Take care. Hello, folks. Welcome to Story Life. Uh, we call it the Story Life Podcast, usually, don't you? Okay. Try this one. <laughs> what are, but it's, it's, your, it's your, what is it? You do That's it however true. you want. That's true. I don't have to do it yet. You don't have to do it how I do it. All right, here we go. <clears throat>